0: Welcome to Geeks and Jacks Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Geeks and Jocks. It's episode 40. The last, This is going to be the last episode of the season, recording on June 15th, 2020. This is Ryan Sullivan. Thank you listeners for listening in. Definitely a lot of stuff I would like to talk about. As it is, <sighs> man, just hard to believe. It did it back? Started this back in September for this season, and finishing up in uh, in June. Definitely pretty happy with what I'm doing. But definitely a lot to talk about. Definitely talk about the issues in Atlanta. The potential of movie theaters returning in July. The constant battles between MLB and the Players Union over whether they'll get a season or not. And probably one or two other things that come into my mind. As well as the uh, PlayStation 5 reveal and my thoughts on the upcoming new generation of gaming. So with that, I guess the big thing we're looking at is, is what happened in Atlanta... This uh, past weekend, and this comes, you know, not too long—a couple weeks—since the George Floyd death, which has been a huge cause of concern for uh, people who want to see peaceful protests and people that want stuff like defunding the police and all that. I don't, I don't agree with the idea of defunding. Well, I mean, the funding has different definitions. For, by some people, it's like either you know, cut some of the funding and give it to other stuff, like you know, social services stuff. That's, and I don't see no big issue with that, and or getting rid of the police entirely, which I think is a very, very bad idea. Uh, But, you know what, I mean, it's hard to find stuff about the peaceful protests because all we see out of everything is people going nuts. You know, the stuff the media wants you to see. And I say this as someone that has a mass communications degree. It just feels like they just only want you to see one thing and that's it. Honestly, we should we should just abolish all the news networks, get rid of them all, and treat everything like it's the mid-90s. Seriously, treat it like the mid-90s where nobody's influenced by idiot celebrities. We're not influenced by all these news networks who are just in it for the ratings and all that. But anyway, um, in Atlanta, there was a is a 27 year old I think his name was Rayshard Brooks who was asleep behind the wheel at a Wendy's drunk and cops were called in to look at this guy and it seemed like everything was going fine I'm just going by what reports were saying and for listening reading some stuff on the news listening to stuff on the news um they gave him a breathalyzer and he failed it, so probably he was pretty drunk. And when they, when he realized he was going to jail, Brooks fought back and I don't know. In the midst of it, took a taser, tried shooting it at one of the cops. I believe there was there was a few cops on on the scene, and I believe the cops did try to hit him with a taser and then they used lethal force and now he's dead. The result from all this has resulted in I believe the police chief in Atlanta resigning and I believe the cop that fired the fatal shot has been fired and the protesters, rioters or whatever they are uh, burned down the Wendy's that where the guy was. This is, this is interesting in itself because, I mean, when you charge, I would assume if you charge at a cop, you're more than likely going to get shot. And I see stuff online like, like he was just sleeping behind the wheel and what's wrong with it. Drunk driving is a very, very serious offense. Now, I'm going to talk about one story in particular from 2009. And as a sports fan, it's devastating and very upsetting. And I'm talking April 2009 with L.A. Angel pitcher Nick Aidenhart. Now, Adenhart was a prospect that looked to be the, one of the few bright spots in the pitching of the L.A. Angels. The Angels hadn't been to the World Series in... Six years at that point since winning it in 02. Getting guys like Aiden Hart would help, you know, the pitching and complement the batting that the batters had. So, start of the season, pitches six scoreless innings. People are optimistic, but probably happy to see this guy put in a good performance. And not too long after the game ended, he's in a car with four, three others, and a and a drunk driver, Andrew Thomas Gallo. Plowed right into. Plowed right into the car that Anandart was in, and Anandart was killed instantly. Two others were killed, and another had a ton of injury issues. And although the guy was fully rehabilitated, the the one that survived a lot of pain and probably a lot of physical therapy needed to get to where he is now. And the result, um, a lot of devastation for the Angels. I mean, they they really played their hearts out in oh9 and made it as far as the league championship only to uh, lose to the eventual World Series champion, New York Yankees. But the guy, Gallo, at the time was 22. And the guy had drunk driving issues. This guy was caught before. And I believe uh, from what I read long ago, he was driving without a license. Probably because of getting in trouble a number of times for boozing and drinking and driving. And with three people dead he was sentenced to 50 years 50 plus years in in jail. Now I read that he is due for parole in about 8 years. And so far he's served 10 of the 51 years uh, of his sentence although it said 51 years to life the Orange County Register website that's still I, I'm not sure if this guy will get parole it probably won't happen in eight years and it's just you know you you killed three people who were on the up and up people that were ready to have futures especially with a guy like Aiden Hart to take that away, I mean, I'm sure that, I'm sure Gallo has a lot of regrets about all of it, but I mean, that's going to be in his conscience for a very, very long time, until the day he's gone. And to be honest, I'm not sure if he even sees daylight, because he'll he'll be in his seventies if he if he serves the full sentence, or if they think he's deserves to stay life in prison. But, I don't think they, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. But back to the Brooks guy, I mean, it's like, this isn't new. I like, like I've, I've seen locally reading news articles of people who have pulled over into a McDonald's drunk. So, This this kind of story isn't new to me. Being drunk at a at a fast food restaurant, Uh, not it's not funny, but it's like there was one guy was drunk. Cops pulled him over, gave him a warning, I believe, and then came back a second time. I believe he ran into the McDonald's building, and cops came back, and I believe he went to jail. Oh my goodness. I mean, this, I mean, drunk, drunk driving is an issue. And honestly, I think, I think the cops were justified in this one in stopping. I mean, especially if, I, don't know, I I just think if you're charging at somebody, I mean, you're going to get shot. That's what I think it ultimately comes down to. But because it's a case of African-American gets shot down by a Caucasian cop it doesn't make the situation look good and I don't know just love we'll to see what happens Sap and see if the cop is charged with, with a crime or not but I mean I mean yeah sorry the guy's dead but you know what That's, it's his own fault for charging at them and taking a taser and I read comments that A taser is non-lethal. I mean, sure, maybe most of the time it isn't, but it can be lethal. I mean, it can kill somebody. It doesn't matter whether, you know, people are inaccurate or whatnot, but it's just... I'm just amazed at the stupidity of internet people who defend criminals and defend people who think who think they'll be able to get away with this stuff, but instead lose their lives because of their stupidity. Honestly, I, I like I said, I think I think it was justified, and but I think it just creates another huge issue, and who the hell knows what's gonna happen next? To be honest. I mean, really, of all this... I mean, it's hard to avoid all this political stuff and racial stuff. And it's to the point where you see it happening with um, TV shows and, and movies. And one of the big examples is Gone with the Wind being removed from HBO Max. So, Gone with the Wind, it's a... 1939 movie just turned 80 last year and it's set during the civil war era and has like racial issues at points they HBO Max removed it this past week but i read they will be bringing it back i think they're just going to do a warning for for the film and all that which uh, i mean honestly I don't know why they didn't just put a warning in it in the first place instead of removing it entirely. That was like one of the big things with um, Looney Tunes like 15 years ago when uh, Warner Brothers put in warnings for some of their cartoons because uh, you look at some of them cartoons from the 30s and 40s and yeah, I wouldn't want to show a five-year-old some of these ones and there's a reason why we don't see any of the Nazi propaganda cartoons because they were a product of their era and quite frankly no kids should be seeing it. No one wants to see Donald Duck or Daffy Duck getting in a war against the Nazis. Although it's funny because Looney Tunes um, there was a Looney Tunes show where Daffy Duck joins the Marines <laughs> and basically Goes through training and finds himself in the military. There was actually speaking of World War Two. There was actually another Looney Tune show episode where they had a background for, uh, for Granny, and she used to be a like spy for for the Allies during World War Two. Although they didn't they didn't say Nazis at all in the in the episode, pretty obvious why you don't. But, you know, she was someone that gave messages to, like, the OSS and other allied intelligence. It was pretty interesting. But back to Gone with the Wind, it's... It, it, I think it's, it was definitely an overreaction for the most part. Um, I, th- I think the warning could have been put in you know, they could have done an update to where they put a warning in and that's it. No need to remove the damn film. Unless there's really deliberate stuff there, it's like, okay, there's no reason to have, like, I don't know, like Song of the South, I guess. Disney will not ever have that on any other services or VHS or whatever. I don't think you should be banning any of these films or removing them because oh, they don't represent what people want to see just, it reflects a different era and God of the Wind from what I've read is revered as one of the greatest films of all time and one of the great films of the 30s and 40s if you get rid of something like that then you have to get rid of a number of Three Stooges shorts you have to get rid of probably comedy bits from guys like Stan and Ollie uh, well, like Abbott and Costello I mean you have to get rid of by that logic, because anything, or hell, tons of movies, tons of TV shows, because by that logic, anything, even if it's a small scene that's remotely racist, hey, let's get rid of Trading Places, because, because one of the Duke brothers says the N-word about Eddie Murphy. I mean, we're going to call that racist? It's just dumb. We shouldn't be removing... Heck, get rid of Chappelle's show for him saying the n word constantly. Are you kidding me? That's the I mean, it's that stuff is funny. There's no reason to remove something like that, in my opinion. It's just it it does bother me when certain stuff gets removed for specific reasons, or just because people think it shouldn't. Like, there's no reason to edit out stuff I mean unless it's for cable TV reasons I think you have to watch a film in its in its original form the way it was shown in theaters but I mean it's I mean kind of a good thing it is coming back but man it's just dumb that the overreaction from it and with all the negativity stemmed towards the cops there were some cancellations of some cop shows or reality shows to be exact so this one I'm kind of surprised but not at the same time uh, Paramount Network getting rid of cops now cops has been on the air since early 1989 and I'm I was surprised they were still even airing uh, new episodes of the show I was still surprised I was kind of surprised because Cops is one of uh, Paramount Network's big shows it's been there for I think the last six to seven years as far as new episodes go it was a mainstay on Fox from 89 up through to like 2012, 2013 it was a Saturday night mainstay along with America's Most Wanted it was like it was this was your Saturday night for a very very long time for Fox. I'm kind of surprised with the cancellation, but I'm not at the same time because there has always been criticism of the show. You know, and some people can look at it as a highlight reel of chasing down suspects and all that. I mean, because if you're selling the show, what do you, are you trying to sell? cops sitting at their desks or sitting in their cars waiting for the next potential crime to occur and it doesn't happen that day I mean you could show I think I feel like I feel like the concept when the show was brand new in 89 was to show the everyday lives of police officers and probably somewhere in the 90s they lost sight of that original vision and it became more of, you know, what suspects they're going after, the crimes committed, yada 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 and I mean could I see the show coming back? Probably not. I don't think, I mean and if it does, maybe a couple years, maybe in a couple years or something, I don't know. But I I could see why cops got cancelled. But what I am pretty surprised about is live PD being cancelled on A and E. So Live P D it's been around for three and a half years, began towards the end of twenty sixteen and this was one of A this was like A and E's biggest biggest show. This was like one of the biggest shows on mainstream cable. So big that a&E got rid of a lot of their stuff, so they got rid of stuff, you know, like like Storage Wars and a handful of other shows, so they could be in favor of Live PD. And what's and what's funny about this is that they they they've gotten rid of Live PD, but they still air episodes of the first forty-eight. By that logic, they need to get rid of uh, the first forty-eight because. It's, real, it's basically a reality-type show, documentary-type stuff. and Some of the cops do act like assholes in the first 48. Well, detectives, to be exact. So, why not get rid of that show as well? And get more of some of their older stuff. Or maybe get reruns of something like, say, The Sopranos. I mean, they used to air reruns of some shows. Why not? But... Back to live PD. Going off on a tangent for a second. Um, It is a bit surprising because it's not always about chasing the suspects. It's always, you know, you see, you do see people getting pulled over. You see people. You see cops trying to stop crimes, but you also see certain things like, say, saving an animal from a from a sewer or a tree, or seeing what could have been a crime not be a crime you know that there's and you I mean you see the ins and outs and the good and bad sides of cops in these um in these live pd episodes they go through various stations look various areas throughout the country like eight locations i believe and there was something I forget what it was, but I think there was like someone was killed, I think last year or something, and this was brought up by one of the one of the one of the guys that hosted the show appeared on like CNN with with an anchor that wasn't even American by the way, uh talking about the cancellation of the show and it just basically became a heated debate between the two. And so, I mean, just, could I see Live PD coming back? I mean, maybe. Uh, Maybe maybe A&E is going to let the heat die down a little bit. Maybe maybe wait a year or two and then come back. Especially with all the overreactions and, you know, all this animosity that is uh, going on. And what's funny, what's funny about all this is that you still have some of the same people complaining about issues and yet they don't ever contribute, which we're going to go into with this, going into sports, you know, as once again, you hear the usual antics of San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich complaining about racism and stuff like that and just, I truly think this this nuthead of a coach, for as great as he is for reviving the Spurs during their after their abysmal year in ninety six, this guy is out of touch with reality. I don't think he truly understands the issues going on and he's just a mouth breather who's just saying a bunch of dumb things constantly whining about stuff that he has no contribution to no donations or any of that kind of stuff because there's, there's other athletes who've put their money where their mouths are and actually have helped with donations contributions and trying to stop racial issues what has Popovich done? All I see out of him is whine, 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 like a little baby. That's what he basically is. is a senile old baby who who doesn't want to find a solution to problems. He'd rather whine about the problems instead of, hey, let's find a way to fix it. It, I feel like he just wants to say his pieces and call it a day. And the irony out of all that is, he's more willing to talk about that stuff, but when it comes to reports, we're getting reports during NBA games. He he doesn't want to be talked to by the media. So this guy is just just a whiny old man at this point. Sure he. He's given San Antonio five championships, but when is enough enough out of this guy? As always, we hear more stuff with it, it's. It's always interesting that you know it's delved into NFL material with the whole Kaepernick bullshit and all that, and something about uh, the whole kneeling and. Disrespecting the flag and all that stuff, uh, whatever it just it really blew up a couple weeks ago when Drew Brees of the New Orleans Saints said his thoughts on on the fl- on kneeling and all that, and saying being against it, and he was basically viscerated by a number of NFL players, including some of his own teammates, including Punk Malcolm Jenkins and you have Michael Thomas going after him and I think Alvin Kamara went after him and I don't think Brees had much of a choice but to apologize and there was one guy in particular for the Saints uh, I think it was Taron Armstead he's the left tackle for the team the guy actually had a heart and restrained from replying on Twitter and stuff like that because It's an opinion. And unfortunately for some of these guys, like Jenkins, they want to overreact instead of, hey, let's talk this privately. And, you know, I think that's something I think Armstead has done, and Tom has a little bit, they've discussed it privately with Breeze, and maybe it's the stuff that, you know, maybe, hey, we can can find issues altogether. We can try and work together instead of blowing it up on social media. So, and as always, who do you have always sticking their nose in the political spectrum? LeBron James. I swear this is it had something to do with the Breeze comments and uh, the one Fox News anchor was uh, Laurie Ingraham that's her name because a couple years ago there was the Parkland shooting in Florida and James was doing his usual political stance and you know the whole bashing Trump and all that and Ingraham this is pretty much a big phrase that she'll be synonymous with until she's gone shut up and dribble you know, attacking James. And while I do think it is a little ridiculous with what she said, I think it holds a lot more weight than people realize because because LeBron James, he's always sticking his nose into political stuff that he has no idea about and speaking his thought. Yeah, there's the whole freedom of speech, but it's just... To me, James is just very uninformed on issues, and I think with the whole thing about because I think Ingraham defended Breeze on on what he said, and James, I guess, called her out for double standards and saying he's tired of the of being treated like crap. The question, the question I would ask James is this. Are you tired of the treatment, James, because, because of your skin color? Or are you tired of the treatment because of how divisive of a person you are in the NBA and in sports in general? That's the thing I would ask him because... When you look at LeBron James, when you look at the first seven years or so of his career. I mean, this was one of the underdogs. This was a guy you could look up to, because he gave Cleveland a surge in popularity once again, something they hadn't seen since the late '90s. Like Cleveland was up, up and at him. You know, they were doing really, really well. The basketball, you know, baseball, inconsistent, but still, you know, lovable group lovable losers and then you look and it's funny because because a month from now will be 10 years since that horrible program that ESPN did the decision where James said he would take his talents to South Beach and piss off an entire city because he was the local guy and going somewhere else I mean there were tons of people burning his jersey and all the, all that and really i think also the big thing is like i said putting his nose into politics that he has no idea about because he's no different he's no different than a lot of people he he has no idea what he, he says his thoughts and that's it but it's like every little thing that is political It's like he's always having a stance on it, and does he, I wonder if James even knows what's going on in the world. That's why I think the whole shut up and dribble thing was a big deal, even even though I find it a little ridiculous. Like I said, holds a lot more weight than, I mean... there are some. There are players that do like to speak their political thoughts. A little bit, but it's, but it's not as ridiculous as as LeBron James. I, I mean, to be honest, he's not really a role model. And honestly, looking at some of his stuff, he's just basically a punk, crybaby, rich brat. Just like. As if the world has to reflect around him. That's not how the world... That's not how the world works. And just a lot of these... A lot of these players haven't... To me, they have no clue what's going on. That's not to say they are uneducated, most of them, but... There probably are. A lot of them that are intelligent. It's just... Do they truly know what's going on? Or... Do they believe in some form of bullshit that is being spoon-fed to them? I don't know. And even with all that, I mean, the NBA is still prepped to return in July. I think, if I remember, it's all going to be in Orlando, but you have some players sitting out you have some players still expressing concern, like Kyrie Irving. Because, I mean, with, with all the virus stuff going on, and just recently there was, I don't know how true it is or not, but there was like a huge spike in uh, coronavirus uh, outbreak um, in certain parts of the United States, especially in out west. Basically, I think the entire northwest had a huge spike re- recently. And I think most of the Northeast and the South and most of the Midwest, I think, uh, they haven't had any issues lately. I think it just ultimately comes down to maybe opening up too quickly, I guess. And hoping that you know we slowly reopen stuff and I mean, who the who the hell knows what's going to happen with with basketball? I mean, the I mean, the course is set to return in July in Orlando. It's going to happen, and the, the playoffs should be very soon. Same thing with the NHL. I mean, it's all a matter of just getting everything opened up and hoping that. You know, you don't see a huge uptick, like, and by that I mean up to the level of, you know, bigger than what is going on over the last few days in certain parts of the uh, country. You hope not. And for the most part, I mean, NASCAR has handled handled it quite well with with no fans in the stands and they're doing the racing stuff very well I mean it's produced some big big races for for the sport I mean you got a number of drivers putting putting in the effort to win especially the the one race uh, I think it was like last week and the fighting between uh, Joey Logano and Chase Elliott. <laughs> with, like, three laps to go, they crash in each other, and, pfft, rivalry. Rubbing is racing. <laughs> uh, <coughs> that's actually one of the movies that turns, uh, 30 at the end of the month, Days of Thunder. but I'll get to that in a little bit, actually. Tons of movies reaching the 30, 35 year mark around this time. But, yeah, um, I believe MLB is still in a huge fight over um, with with the players over like the whole how many games can be played and the salaries. I th- think just recently that the that the talks are pretty much over. They're not going to listen to anybody else. I think the league's not going to bother. With any more negotiations, they just want to get a season done and over with. I've read like 70 games, I read like 48 to 54 games. Like, it just, it just there's there's nothing they can agree on. It's just, it's just a a freaking war between the players' union and the league. I don't know what you can do to get to where everyone agrees because. Probably the few select people that are on board the players' union probably disagree with some of the deals, and they're like, "Nope, we want something better." Both sides should just suck it up and and just get something to where I don't know, you get like eighty percent salary, and you get revenue for the players and and teams. You have playoffs in October. I heard there was like one idea where there was like. Eight MLB teams in the playoffs in each in each league. I'm not sure if I agree with that. It's just too many alterations. Just just too many issues. It's like if nothing gets fixed by by the start of July. I mean, who who knows if there's there will even be baseball? Be like the NHL lockout that happened uh, in 2004. My goodness, that was that long ago—15, 15, 15 plus years ago. Holy crap! One other thing I forgot—that um, happened a couple of weeks ago. It marked June 2nd, marked 10 years since the perfect game gone wrong. For I think it was Armando Galarraga believe that was his name, for the Detroit Tigers. He was pitching a perfect game. What could have been the last out, Jim Joyce, the umpire, called safe. And the umpire was admitting he did make the call wrong, which is something you don't really see too often. (laughs) And I think Galarraga wanted to get... um, get the game counted as a perfect game I don't know if Rob Manfred's going to do that but honestly I think it should I mean it was for the most part a perfect game and it should be altered to where I mean it would be unprecedented sure but it it was a clear like it was a clear he was out before before he made it to the bag so, man, a perfect game. You know, as a as a fan, it's like it's like one of the rarest things to ever see. But uh, what are you gonna do? Nothing Galarraga can do. Nothing Jim Joyce can do. But hey, at least it's not as controversial as. Potentially, what the New York Yankees could have done, I guess. So there is reports of stuff that happened in 2015, 2016, and 2017, I guess, of the Yankees using a replay room to potentially cheat, I guess. And it's something that I guess people want to see, especially the Houston Astros who Honestly, just because they like to see the Yankees get punished doesn't mean their punishment deserves to be exhumed from from any report because what the Astros did is very despicable, very, very sickening. It's just... And there was no rules put in place at the time, so... And there was no systematic thing, I mean... This is one of those things I wouldn't be surprised if other teams have done what the Yankees have done with the cheating. I mean, it's. I think there was something that a judge was going to unseal a, a thing, and the Yankees probably are going to do an emergency appeal. I don't know what that means for the most part, but. Probably probably some stuff in there and probably the Yankees get hit with maybe like a small fine or something maybe one lost draft pick or something but yeah I mean there's a lot of stuff discussed already regarding you know sports politics and you know it's you know, it's hard to avoid that stuff to be honest it's it really is hard to avoid it you know because especially considering that there's nothing much going on but I'll tell you one thing it's nice to see golf come back. It's really nice to see golf come back. It truly is. So hopefully we see more more of the sport come back and you know, hopefully we see you know it'd be nice to see the Masters in July or August. I think it'd be I think it'd be humid and sticky down in Georgia, but I think it'd be beautiful to have have the Masters. You know, nice, nice sunny time. But one of the big issues I could see, and I mean, it can also happen in April, is you know potential thunderstorms and just just be difficult to. Hopefully, you know, be it probably would be difficult to get a four-round tournament done by by a sun by a specific Sunday and all that. But yeah, so as far as like movies go, yeah, there are there's like a ton of movies that were like getting like getting like 35 years, 30 years, you know, since they've come out. You know, it's like 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 one at 40 was there's a couple that I, I'm thinking of right now. Uh, Blues Brothers, the first movie adapted from something on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Two brothers on a mission from God in a police car, getting chased by the cops. Recruiting their band, it really is one of the great comedies and one of the great musicals of all time. You know, especially with some of their guest guest starring appearances of, you know, say like guys like James Brown and then Aretha Franklin, for example. Yeah. Seeing other notable actors in like John Candy and Carrie Fisher other uh, musicians, like Ray Charles, for example. Like it's, like, it's the ultimate type of comedy musical. And just the, the amount of, like, sequences and the budget. Like, I read that was like a movie that was having a rough time getting filmed. Like, too many issues. And that was something I read a little bit with uh, Days of Thunder, which at the end of the month turns 30 like it was a movie that had like a 30 million dollar budget reading it from reading from the site mental floss and not knowing that the the budget practically was doubled by the time they finished filming and it was slated according to mental floss.com it was slated to come out uh memorial day weekend of 1990 so essentially, it would have been competing against Back to the Future Part 3. That would have been tough to, to compete against. Definitely would have been hard. But one of the reasons why that came up, Days of Thunder, because one of the things about video game preservation is finding any prototypes, and there was a prototype for for an NES version of the game. Now, there is an actual version of the NES game, but it's a lot different from the prototype that was found. And made by Mindscape, and you had to... It was interesting. Like The qualifying was your first person in the car, and then the race. It's like a side-scrolling type of thing. It looks kind of weird, but it looks like it would have been... I think it would have been interesting to play, because a lot of your racing games on NES were were like top-down games or side, side-scrolling in a way like were isometric like say RC Pro-Am Rad Racer had the behind the car view but it was like it was side-scrolling and it had pit-stop stuff like you had to really work on putting gas in the car and getting new tires put on there and just it looked like it looked like it was like a like a season mode which you didn't really see at the time for a lot of these games I'm trying to think of games that had season modes Tecmo Super Bowl Tecmo NBA Basketball I mean jeez um but yeah Days of Thunder it was it barely made its money back and it caused Paramount to cut their ties with uh, Don Simpson and Jerry Brockheimer. and the two did find success with other, with other companies through their through the movies they made until Simpson's death in '96 uh, from drug-related issues. And that was actually one of the things in the mental floss stuff. Like it was like they were filming, I believe, in Miami. Well, I'm not sure if it was Miami or not, but they definitely filmed in Florida. And when you think of Florida, you think at times you know a beautiful state, but you also think at times spring break. You know, all the people who want to party and all that, and and it that was something I, that was something interesting. And Don Simpson being a partier and all that, and geez, I wonder how much money they blew through that didn't. Contribute to the movie. <laughs> kind of sad. So, there's some other movies like, I think right around this time, I think like, uh, what was, what was it? Goonies came out 35 years ago around this time, mid June. That's a, honestly, that's like one of the great movies that combines all sorts of uh, genres into one. You have your drama, you have your comedy, you have your romance, you have your action, you have your treasure hunting so it's it's just multiple things rolled into one multiple things it's that's how great of a movie it was there were some other movies like one of the movies a few months ago that turned 30 was the original live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles which to me is the best comic book movie ever made because it followed the comic fairly well, and it was dark, but not PG-13 dark. It was dark enough, and that's and with that combined with the action, the score, the just the dialogue, everything worked very well for that movie. I'm trying to think of other movies, like oh, another one, same around the same time as. Uh, Blues Brothers, Airplane. That was a huge hit when it came out in 1980, because it was from the Zucker Abraham's Zucker group, who had done a couple movies by that point in 1980, but their wackiness really stemmed from this movie. And it culminated in them doing stuff like Police Squad, Top Secret, what was the one although they didn't write it they directed Ruthless People of course The Naked Gun like like they were like at the top of their game in the 80's and and a few of them direct doing other stuff like say Hot Shots actually I think one of them around the same time like in 1990 they one of them directed a drama called Ghost which was a huge hit That was actually one of Paramount's big hits that year, I believe. But yeah, these guys... Zucker... David and... Jerry Zucker and Jim Abrahams. They all made these... really. A lot of it is just visual gags. Tons of quotable stuff. Like, there's a lot of slapstick involved. That's how... That's how great it was, and how mind blowing some of the some of the stuff was. Because you didn't see this in comedies at that point. It might be a little tamer in something like Naked Gun, but you can't deny how big of an impact a parody movie was, especially since it was making fun of all like the disaster type movies on airplanes. Unbelievable. So I reckon I'll end the season with a with a video game related uh, thing, and this was something that was I thought about, you know, for a little bit. And this is something I, you know, be a little fun to talk about. Multiplayer games, you know, games you play with others, you know, whether it's playing with a sibling, playing with a friend, playing with a parent, you know one against the other, or maybe teaming up to to play a game against, you know, the computer. You know, because some of the best experiences of gaming is playing with others, playing with other people. You know, one of the big things I could think of is, you know, something like a Super Smash Brothers. You know, Super Smash Brothers, you know, has the four-player playability, although with uh, the Wii U version, uh it had the eight player feature i think did that i think i did that once and it was like six people but it was still a hectic and fun fun time played a lot i feel like i played a lot of brawl followed by the original on the n64 not a huge fan of melee i think it's horrible it went way too quickly like the speed of the game was too fast and that's just... I, I could never get into a rhythm with the game. And another Nintendo property that... Honestly, until the Wii... This, some of these were actually a lot of fun, and that was Mario Kart. Mario Kart, to me, is one of those games that... It's four players, and... The balloon battle is really the highlight for those for those multiplayer games, especially if you're playing Mario Kart 64 or Mario Kart Double Dash. Especially if you're playing in a level like, say, the GameCube level in Double Dash, or say the Block level in uh, in 64, for example. There's so much space for you to do and and cause mayhem. Just it's always a heart pounder in both those kind of games where it's like, you're on, it's like, you're that close. You're close to beating them. And it's like, oh, oh no, no! Yeah! All right! (laughs) Always a, uh, always a uh, blast to to play those kind kind of games. You know, and first person shooters, same thing. It's like, playing like say a golden eye for example or halo like my first experience with halo was playing multiplayer and let's just say i was not that good not that good at all kept getting my ass kicked there was always one guy that using like a blade to kill me Kept killing me with a blade, and it was like it was like Halo Three. I don't think ODST came out at that point, or if it was, it wasn't common yet. That was my first experience with Halo, Halo Three. <laughs> I definitely do need to give the series a chance. I hear many good things about it. I do have the original and the uh, second one. Probably will have to find the, like the original third version of the game, and not ODST. I'm trying to think of other like Medal of Honor, especially uh, Rising Sun. That was like a game I played with my brother quite a bit because there was so much to the game. That was, just, I mean, it's not the best game in the series. It's I would say it's just a good game, but the co-op feature was was very nice. Like being able to play split screen with. Uh, the, the missions in the game. It didn't let you do the final mission of, of the single player, but still, I mean, it was a feature that was really nice. Uh, what was the other thing? Uh, the, the, the multiplayer. Uh, you could do up to four players. It's like, you can do death matches, you can do specific modes, and one of the things we would always do was try and see how far we can go within an hour, You know, rack up you know a kill count on how many enemies we defeated. I think whether we teamed up together or if we faced each other or something. I for and but the problem was we always put on an hour and it would we would get bored. I think within like twenty minutes. I think it's just the repetitive nature of it. That would be my guess. Yeah, it's like like duke it out. Try to think of other. I'm trying to think of other multiplayer games, like NBA Jam, for example, actually. I can't believe that. NBA Jam, like, I think that would be one of the few games my brother would want to play on Super NES, because it's very simple to play, it's easy to get into, the controls work very well, and just playing against a computer, I mean, it, I mean, you can do well against a computer, but it's it's not the same as facing against someone else. And that's definitely one of the things you know, I would love to love to try, you know, at some point, once again, you know, playing, you know, m- you know, multiplayer NBA Jam, facing against you know, someone else. Because there, cause there's there's a, there's a huge appeal to it. There really is. I mean, just nothing else you can say that hasn't been said about that game. There's also, I mean, I'm trying to think of other four-player games, you know, or multiplayer or two-player stuff. I mean, I mean, stuff that would definitely be better if played with two-player. Probably stuff like you know, like a Streets of Rage game or Final Fight, like any beat 'em up, really, where you can get another person with you. I'll tell you one of the machines in the arcade that I found long ago at like a water park, and that was a six-player. Uh, x-men that's got to be like one of the most uncommon machines you can find because it it probably was very difficult to manufacture in terms of cost that would be my guess and by that point I mean they had like a four player cabinet I believe there was like a two-player cabinet as well but yeah it's just six players tell me tell me that's crazy what's crazy? as well is um, seeing certain games on the original PlayStation and the Sega Saturn uh, where they had more than just four people. Like Space Jam, for example, you could play with up to six players, three on each side. Uh, NBA Action, you could play with up to ten people. Bomberman had the same thing, up to ten ten people. There There were a handful of sports games for the Saturn where you could play up to like eight to ten players. I'm trying to think of like other, I think it was just mainly like sports games and maybe the odd game here and there. But I think it's kind of a good thing that we're going. We're back down to like up to four players at once. And I think. I think the hassle of uh, having all these controller wires around you when you have like five people or more it would just it would just be pure chaos and just everyone fighting against each other you know eventually someone will flip out and, <laughs> and probably be like screw this i'm done <laughs> i'm done playing this game <laughs> anyway uh, i don't think there's much else really to talk about and One thing before I forget is that the PS5 was revealed on the 11th, and I've had a chance to look at some video and look at some of the games that have come out uh, as far as the reveal goes. Uh, The design, I'm not... Too keen on it looks okay, but it looks like it's trying to look futuristic. It looks kind of dumb at the same time. Uh, the controller, I don't know. It seems like it'd be okay. They didn't reveal any price for the system, so that is a little concerning. But maybe we'll see something. Around the end of the summer, I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to see what. We'll have to see if they show a price soon. Uh, one game that really intrigued me was *Ratchet and Clank: Rift Apart*, and I think this is supposed to be showcasing uh, the the load times, which is non-existent supposed I think the big thing is trying to make the games load quicker, faster, and better. Because when you look at the mid-90s, you're looking at games that ran load times for, I don't know, a good 30 seconds to a minute. Sometimes, depending on the game and the hardware, sometimes it'd be better, sometimes it'd be worse. You never knew what you were getting. Your mileage varied on the game at hand. So... I'm actually kind of impressed that if if I had to get a PS5 at launch, Ratchet & Clank would be the title that I would would get to have with my system. I'm going to guess probably $500, as I've said a number of times in the podcast. I think if it's not $500, then maybe $400. I don't think Sony is stupid to do $600 like they did with the PS3. There were a few other titles, like I saw, this, I think it was called Stray, where you play as a cat. There was some, I think it was like some destruction type of game that I think I heard was pretty similar to Twisted Metal, and there were a few other things, and you got your usual like NBA games, and you know, <laughs> overall, I mean, eh, I've seen better presentations, but I'm not going to complain too bad. Too much about it. So, yeah. Wait and see what happens. Like I said, hopefully we get a price soon. So, with that, this is the end of Season 2 of Geeks and Jocks. What I hope to do at some point is come back around August or September. I'd love to do maybe, maybe an episode... During this hiatus. Maybe maybe in July. Maybe you might see a new episode. Maybe you might not. But time to take a little break. Relax. And enjoy a little bit of the summer. There's always a little bit of joy. To having some fun outside. Whether it's swimming swimming in the pool. Maybe. Playing a round of golf. For example. Eating a plate of ribs good barbecued hamburger or anything you know that's pleasant you can find me on anchor.fm and spotify and a couple other sites and that's about wraps up this season episode 40 of geeks and jacks this is ryan sullivan stay safe protect yourselves from the virus always wash your hands during this time of crisis hope to see listeners on the next podcast take care everyone and be safe